Hi, everyone. Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is focused completely on you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life and help you answer the all-important question, who are you becoming? I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and welcome to episode one. I am so glad you're here. I'm grateful that you tuned in today. I think you're going to be glad you did because we're joined by Bob Goff. Bob, of course, is a New York Times bestselling author. Many of you have read his books like Love Does and Dream Big. He has a brand new book coming out called Undistracted, which I have to tell you is the perfect message for the times. Now, along with being an exceptional writer and author, Bob is a coach. He is a uh, storyteller. He's the host of the wildly popular podcast Dream Big. And Bob is a very good friend of mine, and I have learned so much from him about life and about faith and about chasing big goals and taking those next steps. So now as you listen to this conversation, it's so good we broke it into two parts. You're going to hear part one in a moment. I'd like for you to write down the three things that you can implement in your life today. Now, we're not talking about 10 things or 20 things. Now, let's narrow that focus down a bit, and let's look for the three things that we can start doing today. And one of those cannot be do nothing. Take that off the table, everyone. So now I hope you're ready to take those next steps, and I hope that this message finds you at exactly the right time, and I hope it encourages you. Now, here's part one of my conversation with Bob Goff. Bob, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks a million. I'm so glad to be on with you and talking about stuff that matters. Hey, you know, I think it's fun to hear people introduce themselves and see what they lead with. I mean, you heard how I introduced you, Bob, but how would you introduce yourself to this massive podcast audience? Where would you start? Oh, I think I'd say I'm Sweet Maria Goff's husband. I'm Lindsay Richard and Adam's dad, and they all married people and some of them made people. So I'm the grandparent of those. Ah, it's kind of nice. good if you ask Sweet Maria uh, uh, who she is, she'd say her world is me, the people we made, the people they married, and the people they made. <laughs> Very nice. Very good. That's that's a great, it's a beautiful, beautiful introduction to yourself. And the one thing I know about you having, having known you now for, uh, gosh, uh, a little over a year now, is that that is a perfect summation of you in every way. So again, it's really great seeing your face. We're here via Zoom and uh, yeah. it's really, really fun. It's been too long. Yeah, this is good stuff. I'm trying to uh, be a person that like makes things happen. Uh, there's a, a great idiom. I don't know if we were talking about that before. It's called cut to the chase. Uh, and that whole idea of just going in the silent movies, there's always a chase scene. So like go to the part where something happens and that's been something that's been really important to me when it comes to expressing faith, when it comes to like uh, engaging the community. I want to cut to the chase. I want to get to the part where stuff happens uh, and uh, being at a table where you agree that that's okay. It's not a bad thing, but it's not as good as it could be if you made stuff happen. So I'm probably to a fault somebody that's like, Let's look, let's just cut to the chase. Let's go to the part yeah. where somebody's chasing after something they really want a lot. Well, you, you brought up earlier about the things that matter and um, I, you brought up your children and I, I do want to share with everyone listening too, that we were on a similar journey together about 90 days ago. Um, your Adam was getting married September what 25th and my yeah. oldest daughter, Hannah was getting married on September 26th. 
And that was a fun journey uh, to be on that similar path with you. And um, what was that like, uh, Bob, as you thought about what mattered in that, that whole process? Yeah, so that uh, the thing for all of us, uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, planning a wedding. And then you also need to navigate this. It just seems so cruel that the first thing you do is uh, plan a party for hundreds of people. Um, it just is a weird way to tradition to start. Uh, but then to roll in to the next phase, like of having this marriage that you're working on. So Adam and his wife are, are like making that transition to like finding a place to live and kind of setting up shop and the dishwasher breaks or the, you know, just the life stuff kind of happens. And, uh, and I think it just can give you whiplash going from the Ferris wheels and all the fun and, you know, sparklers at a wedding to when all the Ferris wheels go home and you're pulling off a marriage. Uh, and then for us too, our role in that is yeah. to just be helpful. I want to like, just be helpful and get out of the way. So, but we just keep reiterating that uh, to everybody that uh, we made or everybody they married that our role, we just want to be helpful. And sometimes being helpful is just get out of the way. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys do whatever you guys decide. We, you already have our vote. Like we're in, we got your back. Uh, just let me know. But I try to be like purposeful about intersecting uh, with the kids and not being a pest, but if there's some good mischief coming on, include them if they want to. And if they don't, that's totally cool too. But I want to uh, be involved. If you had a couple generations working with each other, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, well said. You know, I remember our conversations leading up to that. We were on the phone and um, you could tell that I was in game mode, planning, helping plan, being there, right? Being super dad, trying to help my daughter with this wedding. And I remember you, you said, you know what, Darren, try to, try to really enjoy this. Enjoy this moment, right? Um, be in the moment. There's a lot coming at you. Be in the moment. And you asked me the question, have you thought about what type of legacy you're going to leave, Hannah, and what kind of words you're going to say uh, <laughs> at, at the reception and at the wedding? And honestly, Bob, I had not thought of it that much. You really made the point to say, you know what? This is important. Uh, when you can just really be in the moment, what you say is going to stick around. It's going to be remembered. And that's what you want, is it to be remembered uh, for generations. And at that point, I got nervous. <laughs> because <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I had not thought of it that way. But tell us a little bit more about the importance of really being in that moment and focusing in on what matters. It's tough in today's world. How, how, how do you do it? Yeah, uh, back in the day when I was in high school, because uh, I'm that old, they had slide carousels. They would have a little <laughs> slide or projection. You remember those? They I do. Project I do. Them, and then it would go to the next one. And we thought it was so high tech is when kerchunk and then the whole tray like <laughs> moved one slot over. We like, dude, this is cutting edge stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh these are the slides that go into the carousel, those moments. And when you know them coming for your friends and your uh, colleagues at work, uh, people that your first day, your last day, when something went incredibly right or incredibly wrong, these are slides. Uh, and it's hard to get the slides out of the carousel later. Um, so to just be 
really mindful if you can see one of those things coming to say, what slide do I want to be in that carousel, knowing that it's not going to be removed, it can be dealt with later, but to say it's more than likely going to stay in there. If you've watched, so what's that um, animations who did Pixar did such a great job about how the mind works. And they use little balls to say like yes. these long term yes. core memories. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it now, but I lost it too. I just watched it about a month ago. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah. the, the sweet Marie <laughs> always cries when she sees it, but um, but she can watch anything and cry. The but to say these are the slides, these are these memories that are going to stick with us, and so not to freak out about that, but just be really purposeful. Um, so when uh, you have kid number you know nine that it has some financial reverses or something like how you do what you do creates a slide that drops in there and just be super purposeful. And, and then something awesome happens, how you'd celebrate that in a first day of work and the last day of work. And what do you do when you feel like incredibly conflicted about that? Part of it is just managing all of the inputs and all the circumstances that are coming our way. And we've talked about, uh, you know, O'Hare and all the planes coming in and you just can't land them all in the same runway all at the same time. So we each have all of these inputs and to-dos and all that that we need to manage. And you need to just space them out a little bit or have a system for dealing with. Some people just very organized with their inboxes and they just work that system. I'm always getting phone calls from <laughs> the back of these different books that I have that are out there. And um, so there's the system that when I can't answer, I will. Uh, and most of the time I can, and it's always in the middle of something. Cause like you, I'm moving from one thing to the next yeah. pretty quick. Um, but uh, what I want to be is mindful, even the slide for a, a stranger that has interactions with Bob Goff, that like there's only one slide in that whole carousel. And it's what I say when I answer, um, I'm not a big fan of speaker phones. So when people call on a speaker phone, it's hard for me because there's something inside that just goes like, oh, no, it's like, you know, you and I are like looking at each other now on Zoom while we're talking. That feels highly personal, uh, but a telephone doesn't feel personal. And then like way distant last is speakerphone because I don't know, is there nine people in the room? Is it just <laughs> me and you? Is this going up on YouTube? Like those are all the things. Yet I realize this is the one slide they're going to have in that carousel, which is interactions with Bob. And I'm not trying to be popular, but what I want to do is make that a meaningful time. Um, and so I think we can be really purposeful. We can actually say, I just say to people, I don't talk on speakerphones, uh, but not in an arrogant way. It's just like, I can't hear you. And I really want to have a conversation. Uh, and then, and then that might elicit, oh, but I'm here with my 19 friends. <laughs> I want to put them over my knee and say, you ask permission. Like you say, <laughs> would it be okay if I put you on? But yeah. instead of making that the slide, um, we get to choose them. So whether it's at the wedding or the dark day or the average day to say, what slides do you want to put in your carousel? Yeah. You know, uh, for those of you that are listening in, you may be at work, you may be driving in your car and um, just think for a moment about what are some of those moments coming up in your life. It doesn't need to be <laughs> a wedding, 
Uh, it just it could be uh, your child's game. It could be um, something happening at work. It could be a, an anniversary. And what would it feel like to just to be a little bit more intentional and to look at that kind of an opportunity to put that slide in that carousel? And just as Bob mentioned, I think it's a great, great point, Bob. And take lots of notes along the way, too. Like just as you were saying that I made a note to myself, I just said slide in the carousel yeah. uh, because I didn't want to lose that idea later. That's not going to change anybody's life, uh, but it might influence where we go. It, you and I have talked about the difference between control and influence. Uh, just to ponder, hover over an idea for the person that's listening and stuck in traffic to say, when I get home, am I going to try to control what's going on or merely influence it, like add to the vibe in the evening? If somebody's mm. a little out of shape, uh, then rather than confronting it, making it Gettysburg, just like just influence the evening, go get some takeout, like mm. just like just influence it. I'm not trying to control what somebody brings home from their day, but I do want to influence how the evening goes. I think that statement right there, that philosophy, it's very empowering, right? Because so often we feel like we have to fix, well, maybe I'm talking about myself, Bob, but uh, I need to fix everything. We need to control that. When in reality, just by taking a, maybe a softer touch and seeing how can you influence this, playing, playing the long game, as opposed to trying to fix everything in the moment. Am I, yeah. am I close? Yeah. So instead of, uh, trying to fix the problem to say, what if I just bring down the tension level one notch? Yeah. Like that's my goal. I don't know how you would measure a notch, but you kind of know it when you do it uh, to say, I just, I just want to chill out. And you might try a couple of times and say, reading the room, it ain't going to happen. I don't know. Go in the other room. Don't pout. Just like, uh, just do a do over on that one. Just say like, I'm going to, that ain't working, whether it's in a work environment or home and then just saying, I'm going to try to influence it a different way. Yeah. Um, checking out ain't influencing it. Checking out's bailing out. Uh, so to say there's some things that don't give yourself these cop-outs, but to just say like, well, I'm just going to give this a really intentional pause, let things kind of reset and then re-enter and see if that works a little better. You know, Bob, uh, there, you, um, in a recent conversation we had, in fact, it was right around the time of the wedding, when you made a statement to me, and I never followed up on, 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 the, on the statement, I'm going to do it right now. You said to me, you know what, Darren, the, uh, the devil really likes distractions. Uh, he likes uh, keeping us distracted all the time. And, and tell me a little bit more about that. What, what in your mind goes into that? And um, what's your philosophy on that? Yeah, so everybody has things that they love. Um, you know, it could be sunsets and it could be playing golf. Uh, there's some things that are just beautiful disconnects from the busyness of your life. Like uh, if you're watching football and it's the playoffs and you really are just kind of cheering for whatever team's down by a couple points, you're just cheering, hoping they'll close the gap a little bit. I'm, I'm that guy. I don't know anything about sports. I know I just soon call a home run a field goal. Like, I don't know anything, but <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that's kind of usually engaged. It's a nice way to kind of check out of all the busyness of the day to watch the guys throwing the ball around. Um, these things are just beautiful departures. They're actually beautiful adjuncts to our life because they let you unstring the bow. A distraction could be um, where instead of taking an interest in how people are doing 
in the big run up to an election that you actually uh, feel super passionate. And I'm all for being passionate. But uh, if that becomes a distraction from the bigger, more important things under your roof, uh, the people that you love, the friends that God's give, given you, the these things, then I would say, is there a way to modulate that a little bit? Maybe be a little bit less exposed to those kind of incendiary things that tend to trigger you um, and remove you from the game for the evening because you're just so agitated about whatever it is. Um, and without uh, uh, regard to whose team you're cheering for, yeah. you know, with this person or this person, but to say, is this a distraction or is this something I can be engaged by? Like now I'm very engaged in injustices in the world. We're working Somalia and Afghanistan and all kinds of places have little girls in schools where they don't want little girls in schools. And we're like tough, like we're putting girls in schools. Hmm. Um, that doesn't feel like a distraction. It's a passion, but I'm not distracted from the people right here under my roof. If something, whatever it is, is taking you away from the people that you love, then that would be a distraction worth looking at to just yeah. say, is there a way I could continue with my passion, fan the flames of your desire for insert here, economy, social justice, you know, whatever blows your hair back, but to say, is there a way to be fully engaged with that, but not distracted by that? Yeah, Bob, you don't have to look very far to see injustices in this world, right? Uh, locally, in the communities we live, all around the world. I mean, how do you, how do you manage that? Um, and how do you work through that and focus your energies in the areas that, that, that are of most interest to you when you know there's so much, so many injustices around the world? How do you channel that and focus that? Yeah, sometimes it's understanding people's unique thought process is they're um, almost taking this, uh, you know, you're above the patient looking down on the table. Somehow you're hovering above watching this unfold in front of you. Uh, I, I'm a justice guy. I mean, I try death penalty cases against witch doctors in Uganda. Like mm. that is capital J justice. It looks a little weird on a business card, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only time I practice law now. Um, that said, uh, I was in the middle of trying a case against a witch doctor, uh, and a friend of mine who's very against the death penalty wrote a book about that. And he asked me if I'd write, uh, a, uh, whatever it's called in the front of it, not an acknowledgement, a, oh, endorsement, an mm -hmm. endorsement. And so I read the book and I found myself nodding. I'd like, I agreed with a great deal of what he had to say. Uh, except the whole like not try death penalty cases against witch doctors. He didn't address that. Um, you aren't going to be able to just circulate a, uh, a petition or have a bad Yelp review to get witch doctors to stop doing that. You need to find a witch doctor guilty and send him to death row. I had no problem, nor was I distracted at all, writing the endorsement to this guy's book while I was doing the thing that the book was all about not doing. Um, I just appreciated his particular viewpoint. I thought it was really well-framed and well thought through. And I find myself agreeing with everything up to, but not including uh, not trying a death penalty case. Wow. Uh, I, but it didn't make me vote no, nor uh, 
did that create tension in our relationship? Like, I, I, I love the guy. We, we hang out all the time. Um, but some people would be distracted by that. They would feel like this big conflict between good and evil and all this. And I just don't see things as this cosmic battle between good and evil as to everything. I see plenty of evil and I see plenty of good. And I understand that they are in opposition to one another. But just because you didn't get the job doesn't mean that there's some battle between good and evil going on. There's some dude named Bill who said no. That's what happened. <laughs> that was the entire transaction. Yeah. So uh, sometimes even people within faith communities can become distracted by uh, spirit, the way that they spiritualize. I'm not saying over-spiritualizing it. Who knows if it's over or under? That, that's not my call. But by putting a spiritual patina to think that like I was going there, but then a bird landed in front of me just to be silly. And then I saw birds have feathers and that reminded me of Forrest Gump and the feather. And then he said, well, your mama says this. And then it all was clear to me. <laughs> I'm like, that just sounds like a reach. A beautiful uh, way to string many uh uh, disengaged ideas together, but, um, I don't want it, that to be a distraction either. Yeah. So my faith is just very like meat and potatoes. Like, you know, I get the Jesus part, so all the trappings of religion. I just, sometimes that has become a distraction, but I'm all team, like whatever, whatever gets you there. Go, yeah. do, go do that. I know faith is important to you, Bob. Faith is important to me. And um, for those listening, faith might, might be very important to you. For others, maybe not so much. It's all good. It's all good. And Bob, how do you, uh, how do you navigate that, though? I mean, this, high, this highly charged environment that we're in. I mean, how do you, how do you um, navigate that with your personal relationships and with your um, nonprofit, Love Does? I mean, how do you how do you navigate that? Because it's really tricky right now in today's environment, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, people will try to summarize you in a sentence uh, because we're all just so wonderfully complex. Uh, yeah. And we have this nature about us that is internally conflicted. Uh, even one of the guys that was a big letter writer in the Bible, Paul, he just said, I keep doing what I don't want to do and I don't do what I do want to do. I mean, that's just <laughs> Tuesday for me followed by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I hear you. Uh, mostly on Sunday. Um, so what I want to do is say, okay, given that we have these conflicting things going on within, uh, within us, and we have desires to do beautiful things, but we don't always get around to those. What would be a courageous next move for me? So to just say, instead of trying to figure out the whole arc of my life, to say, I don't know, what's my next courageous move? And then uh, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about putting things on a shot clock, yeah. like just like, just put a shot clock on it. I'm not saying give yourself 15 seconds, uh, but what if you just say, well, it, maybe some of these things you get done in 15 minutes, but you've had them on the to-do list for 15 weeks. And I'm just <laughs> saying like, just stop screwing around. Don't beat yourself up. I, I get it. We're all just, we, we're not there. Uh, yeah. this side of eternity, we're not going to be there. Uh, th that said, uh, let's just understand what are our highest values. So if your highest value is justice or your highest value is your family or your faith or 
but, but just figure out those highest values and then say, what are the things I can do that are directly connected to my highest values? Okay, everyone, that was part one of my conversation with Bob. Now, if you please do me a favor and leave a review on this podcast episode. What did you love about it? What did you take away? And then listen to episode two, where you will hear the second part of the conversation with Bob. I think you're going to find a lot of value there that you can implement in your life starting today. Thanks for listening.